0: Candyman, a podcast where we don't talk about the movie series Candyman, which has conflicting facts about the number of bees that Tony Todd was stung by. Uh, However, I have found out that he did make a thousand dollars every time he was stung by a bee, but we're not going to talk about that here. We're going to be talking about Sweet (laughs) Tooth. I know. Sweet Tooth on Netflix. (laughs) One of the best shows on TV right now. I know. I'm Alex.
1: I'm Justin.
0: I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Sweet Tooth Season 2, Episode 2, Into the Deep Woods. And as always, at the end of the episode, we're going to be talking about and reviewing a candy. However, this is a special one. We're going to have a candy showdown at the end of the yeah. episode. We're going to be doing... It's candy showdown! Too thematically for the show, I think appropriate candies, nerds yeah. versus warheads. And we're gonna be trying them and we're gonna man. be talking about them. So that should be pretty exciting. More like them. Are cl- candies are club, right, to them? Justin. Come yeah. on, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, we all have our own issues that we'll get to at the end of the podcast with yes. this specific thing. Uh and we'll see if any of them make it in contention for the twenty twenty three syrup cup. But in the meantime, if you haven't checked out Sweet Tooth season two, episode two, please do because we're yeah, gonna get into please spoilers. Do. In fact, quick little recap on this. All of the animal children are still locked down in the zoo. Uh, Abbott is away. Abbott, right? Why am I black here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, hey, he wasn't, Abbott. Hey, Abbott! He wasn't in this episode, so I got confused. Abbott. But while the Abbott is away, everybody else will play. Specifically, we catch up with Jep and Amy, who are trying to break the kids out. They through, yeah. go through a couple of schemes there that don't quite work. Though, ultimately, the kids do get... A little bit of hope and then lose that hope and then get that hope back again, thanks to a drawing of the cabin in Yellowstone that Gus draws for them. And meanwhile, Singh is working very hard to find out the origins of the big sick, bringing back the purple flowers to induce a hallucinatory vision. Sometimes you
2: got to trip balls for science, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I said. I need you to trip your face off for science to save the world. All right, Doc. Okay, I'll Uh, do it. uh,
1: Dr. P keeps tripping balls, but he keeps saying nothing. (laughs) He keeps saying nonsense. He keeps talking about early Punisher comics. Uh, I don't think he's the one we need.
0: Uh, So, yeah, but we do find out some more about that, or more specifically, Singh does, which he's very excited about. And on the flip side of things, Ronnie is finally confronted with exactly what has been injected in her, which is pieces of real kids and she's pretty upset about it so yeah. there you go a so, lot of highs lot of, and lows yeah a lot of stuff going on in this episode um what you guys think about this one I, I think we're all pretty positive on the premiere how are you feeling two episodes in
1: uh, i like it i think there's a lot of like different stories happening different threads but mm-hmm. i like how it's like some of them are sort of big ball some of them are small ball like we're getting a lot of like the low stakes um uh, fight of trying to get the um the net the neck the like house arrest uh, bracelet off of um,
2: Bobby willing to Bobby's sacrifice neck. himself. That dude. was yeah. stakes. Bobby's like yo go on no. without me bro. That was the
0: highest stakes part of the episode for me when Earl Elephant was trying to take the uh, neck thing off of Bobby Bobby got flung across the room. Yeah. Bobby made this huge sacrifice that Pete just talked about where he's like, go ahead without Bobby. Oh, my <laughs> God. Dude. Absolutely, Absolutely. And and beautiful.
1: Just so anyone listening at home, Alex has a life-size Bobby puppet that he brings up every time he does the voice. I don't know puppet? Uh, where he got it. Yeah, puppet. I don't know. Maybe he knows about the actual Bobby, the real yeah. Bobby.
0: God, I wish. My life would be a thousand times better.
1: <laughs> uh but I, I don't say I'm not trying to diminish Bobby's power in the story, okay. but I, I do think that like the idea of cutting from that little sort of cute scene and right. then Jeopard, uh and mom running from a drone and, and like scary side of it. Like it, I like that mixed uh, tones that we're seeing in this episode.
2: Yeah, we do bounce back a lot uh, back and forth, which is nice. It's got a nice pace to this episode for sure yeah I, I'm feeling uh, good about the way things are progressing. There's a little hope it's taken away. You get a little bit more hope. it's crushed. just like, just like everyday life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like that's you, what you, I want you're out get TV to shows. Uh, that it feels like I'm going to my job every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You it's like you wake sign up on in the to... morning and they got a trough, a feeding trough, and you, know, you kind of scoop some kibble and then you start your day. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I love corporate kibble. I'm honestly, like it's very good. You yeah. find the darndest stuffed animals in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's man. what
0: uh, 401k stands for. 401 pieces of kibble that you eat. <laughs> yeah. and that's,
1: don't eat them all. You want to save some of them. You got to save, save 401 400.
2: You got to. You can't have all. Now you got to save some, uh,
0: I gotta say, and this is, I still obviously love this show. This is definitely, Uh well, hold on. I think I was thinking about it in terms of a candy metaphor where the show is very sweet, right? And the first episode focused on the kids and it makes me feel like my teeth are ringing with too much candy because it's so sweet and it's so precious to watch them go through all these things, even when they're in danger. Going this episode to all the stuff with the big man and Amy in particular where they're going through basically this action movie like you were saying with the drone and guys try to discover their identity and he looks like he's a Bond henchman who's like, come on, you're coming with me and they end up in a big fight. All all of that stuff that's going with them – that felt to me like my vegetables, and I was like, I don't want my vegetables. I want more candy. Bring me the candy.
2: Oh, and my every God. Time we got I the vegetables, dude. Come on. You got to have a well-balanced meal. Come oh, on. Oh, okay. Man. Mr. Candy himself giving me lessons over here.
1: Well, I think and, some man's vegetables are another man's chocolate-covered uh, sugar broccoli. Yeah, that's <laughs> what i <I'm> <laughs> Pete likes that fight. and You take a broccoli,
2: you go to the chocolate fountain, you dip it in there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, your wedding is going to be weird. <laughs> but the the way that um, they mix those tones, it, it's really working for me. And then you get into the, the more emotional stuff where you have like um, Singh and his wife dealing with their rising and falling guilt at all times. I think is really nice.
0: I did. Uh, yes. Just to clarify, still really like it. This was just an impression that I had while I was watching it. Maybe I just needed to watch the kids a little more today. That's all.
2: I'm glad that we had this episode because for me, Singh has been this kind of like thing where it's like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? But I feel like they really did a great job of him in this episode being like, I'm a prisoner to really kind of clarifying the reason that he is like sometimes super helpful, sometimes a huge dick, you know? And I feel like this really kind of did a great job of kind of walking that line for that character. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about this a little bit the last
0: episode, but I do think the ideas here are doubled down that... There's nobody purely evil in this world. Even Abbott, I don't know. His, no, I mean, even Abbott a guy has with a, a kind of Stalin,
2: uh, you know, picture of him hanging up, and there are all these troops. Marching I mean, that's around. not great. I'm not going to say it's great. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: I would say Abbott. We could probably lean into. They like, being more evil. Yeah, it's evil evil, Well, he,
0: here's what I'd say: is he's the villain of the piece, right? But he's not necessarily evil. Some Ooh. of his motivations okay. are understandable, particularly at the end of the world, particularly like he explained the last episode, where we have two percent of. Population, I think 1%, something like that, survived, and everybody might die because infections are increasing now. So he's desperate. And I think that's the thing that comes through always, and everything that Singh does is he is desperate. His desperation does it come out through his main motivation, which is to save Ronnie and keep her safe? Yes, though I think, like we're getting at, there's something a little more altruistic that is building up there in terms of his bond and Gus, where he's finding, Oh, there's a way out. There's a way well, that I can actually do the right thing. You know And what? I think
1: oh. everyone's trying to escape. And I think you've seen this, there's that great scene with between Singh and, and Ronnie, where he is like, he's up. He can't even enjoy being with her when she's feeling better because he's so ridden with guilt. And the only time he really feels alive is when he's at the end talking into his, his tape recorder about how he, what are the odds that Gus would drop into his lap? So, like everyone is trapped by a different, in a different manner. And that's a, that's a cool, yeah. Aren't it's we all? Like map. we're in these three little Zoom window boxes trapped <laughs> on our own.
0: Yeah, I actually, I don't have anything below my nips, you know?
1: What? Yeah. Um, and oh, I please follow d- Alex on Mastodon <laughs> at below my nips.
0: <laughs> below my nips. It's a bad account. I don't. I don't update it enough. I'm really sorry, everybody. Yeah, I, I'm dying for. Go. I'm dying that that for content. Absolutely. Now let's uh, let's jump into the vision for a moment, uh, where Gus and Sing end up in a cutscene from What Dreams May Come. I thought that was mm. pretty cool. No,
2: you're talking yeah. about when he was tripping balls is what you're talking about. Yeah, when he's about. tripping balls. Uh, yeah. When he trips balls for science. Check out
0: the bumper stickers and T-shirts available on our Threadless shop. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, uh, this whole vision, science. though, I'm also, maybe something that like took me a little bit out of this episode as well, is I'm not the hugest fan of mysticism and prophecy and all these things, and this definitely skirted along the end of it a little bit, mm. but I thought a lot of the sequences were very lovely in terms of how they were filmed. The thing with the tiny cabin being set there. Oh my I God. Thought it was very and then cool. The lift
2: off the roof. Yeah. It was so cool. It was yeah. cool. I, I thought, you know, I hear what you're saying, Alex. Like sometimes when we kind of go down this whole thing of like look back in your life and somebody's kind of messed up and you're trying to get answers from them. But I thought it was done really well in this thing of like. He doesn't know what the answer is. So, you know, to uh, kind of unlock that form that you can go back farther than you, you know, uh, than you yeah. think was kind of really powerful and interesting. And then also the fact that we kind of made these connections that were alluded to in a way that kind of like crystallized things moving forward. I, I thought it was you know, a little bit weird and fun, you know some of the psychedelic stuff, but then it just snap things into place moving forward in such a good way, especially for Singh you know uh, hopefully not killing people and getting the information he needs to kind of make some progress so we don't have to worry so much about all the you know kids in the kennel.
1: Uh, It's like that time you were tripping balls, Pete, and we kept saying, go back further, go back further. And then you spent (laughs) the rest of the night wiggling around the floor like a sperm. (laughs) Yeah, and then I went
2: went too far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you went too far.
0: On that note, and I do think you're right, Pete, they provide this pseudoscience explanation for what's going on with the Blue flowers. It's not specifically mystical or anything like that, because- He really is just able to access Gus, I mean, able to access his earliest memories. And we start to build out a little bit of mythology about where he came from. We get to see. I wrote it down. I don't know if I'll be able to find it immediately. Um, But we find out a bunch of information for Singh about where this play came from and what's going on. Fort Smith, Project Midnight Sun. There you go. So these are clearly things that they're going to track down over the course of the season. So that's good.
1: yeah. But I do take your point about mysticism because the part where I think it crossed over is when the, um, the skull uh, was coming for Gus and Singh dove and sort of got him out of it as if he was yeah. in danger from uh, the deer skull man. So like it is hedging that line. And I think the comic series hedged that line a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they're getting at is more like the mysticism of like collective belief and hope. Uh, and like, hey, even though we're, this show is rooted in science, that seems to be the spirituality they're grasping. So even though I agree with you, it was a little much. I think they're – I'm I'm still with it.
2: Yeah, 100%. I, and I, I think you're right about it. Sorry. Go ahead, Pete. I, I was just going to say I really liked the choice of like there was kind of like this running. But all of a sudden, we just kind of cut to this kind of like him grabbing him falling on the floor moment where it was, they were both kind of running to each other, and I thought it was such a uh, uh, fun artistic choice uh, of both of them kind of being out of breath and kind of uh, finally uh, coming together and uh, getting the stuff that they needed. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little jarring, a little weird, and you got to always be aware of blue fo- blue flowers. I mean, uh, mm. you know, scary. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, right now there's a lot of stuff blossoming, and it, it's a beautiful time. But also, the pollen count is you know you gotta gotta you careful. It's you know, so like that careful. time
1: that you were tripping balls, and th- that giant podcast microphone was chasing oh, you. Oh my god! Yeah, don't even bring that back. I mean, <laughs> you made us pour nougat in your mouth to revive. I you. mean,
2: <laughs> being from Rochester, where the lilac festivals are, you know, Justin, it, it gets weird. It gets weird upstate. You know what
1: I mean? I, yeah, I'm from a little east and north of there mostly, and lilacs huge level. Yeah, oh I don't. Pollen doesn't affect me. I'm
2: uh, I'm not allergic to it. Okay, you don't have to just, flex on everybody all the time. You know what I mean? I get, you, you don't wear glasses. Specific. You know what I mean? You don't Thank have you. defects. But guess what? We didn't drink well water, so we have our teeth. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what's up, bro? This I is we very far afield. All I wanted to say teeth. to
0: wrap up, I think you guys are both right here. At its heart, this story is being told as a. Not realistic, but it's a fairy tale, right? Like, that's the framing of it. Even if it's a sci-fi fairy tale, it's a fairy tale. And so you can have those moments. I think those are allowed, like, Sig diving and catching him, or the skull monster. It just depends, like we're talking about, on how it hits you at any time. One thing that is realistic that we didn't talk about With the first episode, because I don't think it really came up in the same way we talked a lot about with the first season, is particularly in that flashback at the beginning where we see Jeopard trying to find his family desperately. Ultimately, he sees his coach is leading a rally of first men who are chanting humanity first, and that's how he ends up joining these first men. This is something that's. Last men or first men? Last Men. Last Men. Sorry, I wrote down Humanity First and Last Men. There we go.
1: Yeah, there you go. I was like, are there First Men and Last Men? (laughs) That's that's about to get complicated. (laughs) Anyway, my point being
0: that what the show does really, really well is it skirts along and makes you feel things about current (laughs) events (laughs) and the way the world is now without explicitly being that way. And that was something that I was very curious to see how they explored this season, particularly the first season was like they wrote and crafted and put everything together right at the beginning of the pandemic. It didn't change anything. Now getting into the second season, all of that stuff, it's not in the rearview mirror, it's current. So how yeah. does that affect the writing? How are they going to integrate it? I thought they did very well, particularly in this first scene. I was very affected by it. What about you? I, I agree. I, I,
2: I think the way that they handled the kind of like, uh, you know, kind of, the way he walked into that whole kind of like everybody chanting and it's kind of like shell shock a little bit, I thought it was such a cool way to kind of deal with the fact of normally you walk into a room and a bunch of dudes chanting, you're like, whoa. But because of everything that's happening, I thought that they dealt with that really well. And then he was kind of like beelines and was like, hey, coach, it all just kind of settled in in such a nice way that I thought was very effective. Sorry, Justin. Would you
1: follow your coach? Who's a coach that you would follow into? Yeah, a, I mean,
2: anywhere? there are definitely uh, coaches that I'm ride or die with for sure. But, you know. Coach um, Lasso? Like Lasso. Lasso, definitely up there. No, I'm, yeah. I guess
1: what I was more talking about my real world. He, actual, I, yeah, he, my, I think we my should explore this. Coach, if if Coach
0: Ted Lasso was leading a humanity first movement, <laughs> is that the sort of thing you sign up for,
2: Pete? Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, I tell you, I did. uh, You know, my coach. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Don't like those hybrids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, very good. This guy could do move. Bobby and Ted Lasso. <laughs> Put wow. it on Saturday Night Live. Well, is Jason Sudeikis
0: here right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unbelievable!
0: I do also have a Jason Sudeikis puppet. But... What? Yeah, no,
2: no you one can't just your say question. something like that and then not deliver. Yeah. Pete, what were you uh, talking about? You had a coach. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had a I had a volleyball coach who uh, was in volleyball. Yeah, who was uh, very much kind of like anti uh, the system and stuff, and was had a lot of interesting philosophies. Anti the volleyball system,
1: like <laughs> no, man, no, 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 big you know, big volleyball, professional <laughs> volleyball's <laughs> keeping us yeah, down.
2: Yeah, yeah, big volleyball is always out there to trying to take people down. No, no. Uh, the other way He around. was really
1: into setting and
2: no one ever First off, how dare you? It was a she. Don't assume, motherfucker. Oh, sorry, you know sorry, what I mean? I, like, I, Jesus. You know sorry, what I mean? Come on. That, uh, that is wrong of me. She, uh, Yeah, she really shook things up and then eventually got fired for it because she was really anti the system and uh, it was... What system are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about to... the you know... Uh, she was really into, like, breaking norms. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you talking Did I'll, you yeah, date I'll give her an example. I'll give you an example. Done? i got to say, you-
0: uh, with everything you're saying here, you should lead a last med rally because you're saying yeah, just exactly. as much right
2: now. Okay, exactly. so I'm walking down the hall, right? Little nerd, huge glasses, a lot thicker than this because technology hasn't caught up. And all these people are lined up in the hallway, most of them football players, right? And there's the coach. And she points to me and says, get him. And the biggest football player you've ever seen, his name was Ox, picked me up and hugged me. From my point of view, it was like a hallway, and then everything went black because Ox stepped in front of me and picked me up. I thought my life was over. Picked me up and hugged me, and she talked about breaking the stereotype of jock versus nerd. I thought I was going to get, like, thrown into a locker like I've done seven times out of ten. But this time, because Coach was there, I got the opposite reaction. Wow. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. And she got fired for that? She got fired for what she did with uh, – uh, there was this big dance coming up, and her thing was, like, anybody could ask anybody. And it was, like, somebody – yeah, and so that's what kind of, she kind of got fired for. But it was, She like,
1: dated several students.
2: No, no, it was just total chaos of, like – what do you mean? You know mean? Like, anybody could, you know, like, it was wow. just kind of, like, yeah, it was crazy.
0: She was saying that, uh, women could go to the dance together and men could go to the dance together, right? And yeah, she got fired that because- And because like,
2: there was this thing oh, really? about LGBT You know, in kids. high school, there's, you know, there's this cool kids and nerds and all these subcultures and she was just like, fuck all that. Who do you want to ask? Ask them, you know? And oh, kind of no, no, like, I didn't, I didn't think
1: that's where you were going with that. Well, mm-hmm. That feels like a whole nother Netflix series. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Potentially. Well, I'm glad we talked about that. That's all the yeah, time we have to talk to about Sweet tooth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but let me say, what you were talking about earlier, Alex, um, where we're getting into all of these uh, things that feel resonant in our current culture. Like, I think they're doing a great job of sort of tonally hitting them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of different tones at the same time. There's, like, militia tone. There's uh, the what the kids are going through. Like, I feel like they're doing a good job of putting them together and they're not conflicting with each other. Again, the way they find balance in the show is really smart and it's a it's a high wire acting.
2: I, I also wanna just say, like, just to, to get to roll with the big man again was very exciting because it was like Yes. Uh something that I didn't know we would get to to get. You know, we were kind of stuck in the zoo a little bit here and it was nice to kind of get more outside stuff as well as just what's happening in the zoo. <laughs> Are you dying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting emotional, man. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Like what, what Big man's he-
0: back? Big yeah, Man's what back, if baby. Big Man, yeah, yeah,
2: saves the day. This is very exciting. I love his determination. Also, mm-hmm. the curly-haired girl getting the coat from the Big Man. I mean, this is all... Well, I let's love talk the about that. We had an Staffan. exciting
0: crossover in this episode where Becky, a.k.a. Bear, ends up in an yeah. episode of Station Eleven. I
1: was going to make that exact same <laughs> reference. I was like, wow, crazy crossover that she dropped in with the Station Eleven crew.
0: <laughs> it was weird. They didn't do any... If you haven't seen Station Eleven, it's... It's very nicely complementary, I think, to the show in terms of also being about like it's a post-apocalyptic show that doesn't weigh you down with the virus in exactly the same way. Like there's there's more of it. There's definitely more of it. But it's about the power of art and healing and. You like it, but they definitely – the main thrust of the show is this traveling band of Shakespearean actors who are going around the post-apocalypse. And the cart that Bear ends up in looks very
1: much
2: like what they're traveling in.
1: Like truly identical. And those two shows could exist in the same world pretty seamlessly. I mean
2: Uh, when when I – you know, when Justin talks about how he traveled the world and did like street performance art, this is what I think of. Yeah, Yeah. that's basically it. I was right at home there. So there's two feelings
0: that I have about the storyline. One, I think it's really good to let her grow. And I'm excited to see what happens with these characters. I think ultimately her being with kids who are not these crazed, pretending to be animal kids who subsist on... Candy and video games, and that's pretty much it. She's going to find – sorry, You Pete. mean
2: Pete?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah Pete. That's yeah. triggering, that's Dude, triggering for Pete. Don't insult our
2: audience or you know, anybody out there. Candy oh, and video games, okay. great.
0: The, all, all I'm saying is that's how she uh, was for most of the apocalypse. Then she immediately hooked up with Jeff and Gus and has been through all these harrowing adventures. She was with Judy for a little while. So for her to be with a hot dude with, like, some jack guns her own age, I think is ultimately going to be very
2: good for her. Huge step forward. You gotta, I mean, it. it's got to be a red flag when you see a guy with a shirt, you know, sleeveless shirt. You know what I mean? I mean, that's If you have guns be. like that, don't wear sleeves, well, baby. And we don't, we don't know <laughs> the, the apocalypse. Don't while sleeve we, the guns. <laughs>
1: We, it don't sleeve the guns well, we know the apocalypse makes your pinkies wiggle no, it, may make, it may scare scare the sleeves off your t-shirt as well yeah
0: are you gonna stop. start doing that by the way the way that dude greets her by saying pinkies
1: yeah
2: ask see everybody from
0: now on. pinkies. Might are a little wiggly, but it's unrelated to whatever's going on. But
2: it was I thought it was such an interesting thing where we had the zookeeper. She's kind of going through and she's shaking so much because she's scared. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, yeah. "Yo, let me see your hands. She can't stop shaking. I thought that was a cool red
0: flag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think? We didn't really talk about Amy much. What did you think about her journey in this episode?
1: I like her riding with Jep. I think they're a good uh, team. I like her as like a nervous but pretty capable um, assassin <laughs> when she <laughs> breaks in with Jeppard. We all pinned the head, dude. I like that. It was a good tense thing. They got out the tunnel but then sort of burned it as a way of getting in and out. So sort of a bummer.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, this interesting idea of like I have a plan, but someone got too emotional for the plan, you know. And it, it, uh, as somebody who gets too emotional, I'm very much related to that. Well, but
0: it's two characters who have been on their own, right, in different ways. Amy has been leading all these animal kids, and she's had to be the adult in charge. Jeopard, other than Gus, has not trusted anybody. He lost everybody. So if there's emotional ultimately- for Gus. Yeah, yeah. So well, if it is ultimately about these people finding hope and finding trust in each other, that's an exciting pairing to have together. And clearly the point of this episode is for both of them to get to a place where they very tentatively trust each other um, yeah. and trust the decisions the other one is making. So in terms of plot arc, I think they did a good job there.
1: But from a traffic point of view, for them to both agree to wait for the buffalo, that's a great bonding
2: moment. Totally. Yeah. Oh, man. There's nothing like waiting for Buffalo. You know yeah. what I mean? You really have time yeah. to connect. Talk Can about I mention one of my favorite characters on the show right now, at least in
0: Bobby. this season? Uh, Sunglass, Bobby. Or Glasses. Uh, no, glasses Bobby, guy. Bobby's number one. Yes. Johnny. Yeah.
1: Johnny, glasses, Molokai.
0: Love him. Yeah. yeah. I love him,
1: too. I like his whole thing, beans on toast. He was so excited <laughs> when he was doing all that she stuff. She like, was like, well played.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It, the way the actor is playing it, it and the way they're writing it as well. It almost feels like he legitimately could be the most evil person on the show, potentially, but he's so uh, about like 20 to 30 percent from not being adept and delivers everything. So like we like we're talking about very excited. It just comes off as very
1: fun. I agree, and right out of the comic book, as we talked about it last season. So I won't say what happens with this character in the comic, but it's exciting to see him. Such a picture-perfect translation.
2: It's almost like somebody took Pinky and the Brain and mushed them together in this one guy. (laughs) And it's like, sometimes he's (laughs) an evil genius, sometimes he's doofy and adorable. You know, Mm -hmm. like, which one are you going to get? And that's way, been a lifelong
1: dream of yours.
2: Yeah, exactly. To see it come to life here is pretty magical. If uh, I'll blow your mind real quick.
0: This is very much a sidetrack thing. But look up who Pinky and the Brain were based on because there are two real Warner Brothers animators. And when you see their <laughs> pictures, it's literally like Pinky and the Brain, but real people come to life. It's amazing.
1: Wow. You're like, oh, sad, good for cartoons, bad for reality.
0: <laughs> bad for people. What else jumped out at you about the episode? I'll mention one of my favorite lines. Jep saying, dog
1: is a promise. You bet your ass I'm going to keep it. Great yeah, oh, 100%. Totally that was great. I had highlighted that and Beans on Toast, which we just covered. And I really like uh, Sing's wife, uh, Ronnie, the way that she played everything. I, I like she sort of emerged as a character here, and I really like her being – needing to be saved by grinding up these hybrids, but also really hitting, getting hit with the guilt here.
0: I'm very curious what's going to happen with her because it almost feels like every other character in terms of their arc is much clearer right now. We know what their goal is. We know what they want. Ronnie is at this decision point and we're going to see uh, presumably where she gets to in the next couple of episodes. But it's very much an unknown. Like, what is her place in the story? What is her mission? What is her goal in terms of this overall journey to deal with the sick, get to a safe haven, whatever they are heading towards? Uh, mainly I'm curious. You know, I, I don't think they're doing yeah. a bad job of it. We just don't know what it is yet.
2: Yeah, I'm a little worried about what it is. I feel like it's going to be darker. But uh, one thing, a couple things I wanted to point out, uh, I love the Sweet Tooth title card that came up during the smoke. In mm-hmm. fact, that yeah. was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I really liked the... Um, I lost something, and Gus being like real quick with, your marbles? You know, like, <laughs> nah. you're on your mind? It was a fun moment. Zinger. Yeah. Uh, two other quick things, and then we can move on
0: to Pete's favorite section of the podcast. Um, one was, oh gosh, I missed... Oh, did you guys think during the vision... I thought there was a chance we were going to get to see Pubba back. I thought Will Forte was maybe oh, going to come back. Yeah. Me
1: too. And I will say, I thought that was a sweet part of the vision where it was just like a nice moment of him remembering that. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they did I, it. i that they did it, but it would have been nice to see him again.
2: I had a nice, a nice moment in the vision where he said, whoa, as I said, whoa, at the same time. Uh, I thought the mm-hmm. visuals were lined up there. Okay, and nice. the other thing that I want to ask you: They're going to be trying to head back to
0: Yellowstone. Do you think they mean the show? Are we going yeah. to get a crossover?
2: It's so 100%. popular, yeah,
0: so popular. They got to do it. I, I mean, mean, I know Kevin it's different studios. Costner, I mean,
1: come on, come on, Kevin Costner. That's the reason he's quitting is because he um, he just fell in love with the the hybrids. Yeah, he's like, I love a real elephant. <laughs> <laughs> wow you three for three yeah. for three with those impressions Personal. and I can't believe how much we scripted and worked on those beforehand
0: mm. yeah I've been practicing them in the mirror for weeks those, this by the way this I hope you guys are okay with it this is my SNL audition tape
1: no, yeah. yeah, no, it's no. fine. Crushed, it. happy. They like a, of a it. lot of those tapes. Have other random people in them yep. hanging out. Yep. Yeah, Lord Slightly. Michael's is gonna
0: listen to this podcast and be like, "What are they gonna get to the candy review?" That's the part I want to hear.
1: He <laughs> loves candy, <laughs> so He's let's do old. it
0: now. We are going to be talking about, as we said, two candies: nerds versus warheads. Um, now, we talked about this. There was there was quite a heated text exchange that happened before we taped this. Um, where, Pete, not to call you out here, but you refused to get warheads, even though we had agreed we were going to do, do, do warheads. You're just going ahead and eating the nerds. Uh, did you get warheads as well?
1: No. And he, he was protesting uh, nuclear proliferation when it comes to his candy choices. I pitched getting peaceheads, but he just wouldn't go for that either. Uh, no. So Pete has refused.
0: All right. Well, uh, also I don't like, and the reason you refused for real is
2: because you don't like warheads, right, Pete? Too warheads sour. are disgusting, and I'm not going to ever put oh, them man. on my mouth. Okay. Thing. Well, me... I don't
0: like either of these candies. So instead, I brought a big thing of tortellini, which I do oh. like. I hope that's okay. Some
2: cheese tortellini.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna taste now. It makes so sense for sweet warheads. tooth. Yeah, is that totally good? Oh, it makes
2: as much sense as not eating the candy that we're talking about, Pete. Well, here's the thing. We have yeah, a up? exchange where we say, hey, what candy do we want to talk about? Normally, we pick one. And you were like, hey, Pete, here's the list. Pick one. And then I did. And then you guys said, fuck you, Pete. I don't what you <laughs> said. We did not. I'm going to do what I want to do. So the, the reason I asked you was just bait anyway. So fuck you. We're going to do warheads. And I was like, I really don't want to do warheads. You're like, well, you can't always get what you want. So fuck you. I, I sang it really beautifully. I just want to
0: oh, mention it. All right. Well, let me argue.
1: Yeah. Let me also say, I wanted a Warhead. I was chase tracking down a Warhead and Nerds, and I couldn't find really either. I have Big Chewy Nerds, oh. which are some, some bastardization of the original those Nerds. Are, those
0: are good, I got to say. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. You Way might need to them, them, try those. I think this, awesome.
1: bag of, this bag of them was like $20, so I'm very <laughs> excited to eat them. And then I couldn't find Warheads, uh, but I found Sour Power Sorts.
0: Oh, that's very <laughs> different. That's yeah, not even I close. I almost but feel it, like we need to table warheads. I, I actually did get warheads, so I could just eat some warheads,
1: I guess, for you guys. Where do you get them? That's like saying to your at wife, the, hey, I'm going
2: to go buy a car, and then you come back with a bike. <laughs> at the CVS. <laughs> uh, I went to the CVS.
0: That's all. They just had... had you getting a, a DeWalt one. drill? You're joking. nerds? What kind um, of... Um, here's... Okay, so... You have already been eating nerds, so why don't you talk about nerds and why you like them, Pete? Okay, because this uh, the is actually about of of these people.
2: sugar and sweetness that you get with nerds is glorious. It's a nice kind of like uh, a jolt. Uh, also, they're crunchy and weird, which I can relate to. Which I think someone who has been called a nerd uh, for most of their life, I can re- uh, I think it's a good identifying thing. Mm um yeah you're they're unique and weird and flavorful i i love them they they're full of sugar and horrible for you and your teeth but they are glorious and in, in many ways uh, i'll so i'll mention by
0: the way i got a uh basic nerds rainbow Ooh, same box that pete has very large uh, box i'm used to like the classic two flavors of nerds one yeah. on each side yeah, yeah. i love that as a kid oh uh, that yeah. was the best but i'll tell you what as an adult uh, I like them a lot less and for very stupid adult reasons, which is they're very messy. They get everywhere. Whenever my oh. kids get them, they're like, ooh, we're eating nerds. Most of the nerds are all over the floor. And then who's got to take care of that? Daddy.
1: Daddy. Daddy. Oh, no, the, the, not a great portable box, than the nerds box. Um am the big chewy nerds from. These are better, I think, because have yeah. <laughs> multiple textures. But... Uh, candy like this, where it's just a pure sugar hit, yeah. I'm not. It's oh, not my. I time. love
2: it. This is
1: too hard. I just ate way too many of these. It's like eating rocks.
0: Yeah, it's like sweet rocks that then turn into sand as you eat them. I don't like
1: them. Mm.
0: No.
2: Yeah, They're delicious usos.
0: No, but I will I say gotta. the uh, those what are they called gummy. Big Chewy Nerds. Big Chewy Nerds. Big Chewy Nerds, they also make Nerd Rope, which is like that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which, they're good. They're much less messy because you just get that crunch on the outside of the soft on the inside. That's good stuff.
2: Is it like a gummy bear, but nerds? Is that what it is? It's like a gummy bear,
1: or sorry, it's like a nerd, a liquefied nerd wrapped in a Sour Patch Kid
2: what dude put it up to camera i want to see one of these things man (laughs) whoa not as i was expecting great oh oh, that's sorry yeah that's different
0: than like the nerd clusters is what i was thinking of which are basically like gummy things with nerds on the outside
1: i think the nerds people are just panicked where they're like we need a new thing what's our next thing yeah you know what we should make warheads or maybe tortellini yeah nerd tortellini yum Nerd steaks, where it's yep. just one giant rock. Not my favorite, I'm going to say.
0: No. Not my favorite.
2: Pass on Definitely nerds. one of my favorites of all really? time.
0: Interesting. Wait, I have a question for you. I know we didn't do it on the show, but you were talking about Fun Dip because you and I were talking about Fun Dip the other day. Yeah. Uh, and so what do you prefer? Because Fun Dip is basically ground up
2: nerds. Which is higher up in your mind? Uh, I'm going to say Fun Dip. Mm. But a close second, do you remember those? Like, fun that's dip, like cut can- out the middle man. It exactly. Like,
1: fun Dip is like candy heroin, it's just directly <laughs> do you the injecting sugar, sugar
2: in the shape of fruit, where it was like you would it's a plastic bunch of grapes, but then you twist it open and it's all powdered sugar.
1: No, that no. sounds like something they gave you to lure you into school. Or <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, that was also really
0: great. All right. Well, maybe we'll save warheads for another time, or maybe we won't
1: at all. Because I'll find them. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I know I got them.
0: I will say, for the record, just in case we do title this episode "Nerds and Warheads," Nerds versus Warheads. I like warheads.
1: I think they're good. Why? When I was a kid, warheads—they're not delicious.
2: They—they don't taste good at any point. What are you talking about? It's like a dare. Yeah, exactly. It's so sour it makes your mouth pucker up. Well, the only problem with them
0: is once you get past that sour layer, then all you've got is like hard candy, which
2: nothing. Yeah. The candy, which is why you're there. What? No, the you reason guys... is the experience. It's the experience. Yeah, no, we have
1: different candy journeys, uh, which is and the fact that we can come together <laughs> it's is truly beautiful absolutely and this
0: show is beautiful and all of you are beautiful for listening to it if you'd like to support us patreon.com slash comic book club also do a live show every tuesday night at 7pm to crowdcast and youtube and facebook please come out we would love to chat with you about sweet tooth apple spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at comic book live on twitter comic book club live on tiktok and instagram comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time the can Men can
1: Time to trip balls Right Pete? Nerds